All right. Welcome back to the emergency goalies. We only had two games between our last episode and this episode. And as we told you, they were tough games against Vegas and the Bruins, both at, at the United Center. But yeah, they went um about as expected. They actually hung in pretty good with with the Golden Knights. I mean, Connor Bedard scored the first goal. What was it? A minute into the game, minute and a half. Definitely was an exciting beginning to the game, but then it was kind of a hard fought battle for two periods, two two, and then in the third period, the uh, Golden Knights just stomped the Blackhawks. They came out on fire and buried them, and it was a well, you know, they five three, but the Blackhawks scored a goal with like. 20 seconds left that didn't really count. And then um, last night when we were recording this Wednesday, so Tuesday night they played the Bruins and, well, they just, they had one goal in the first period that got, you know, I think we'll talk about this a little bit, but this is so annoying, this offside review, like where you, you know, review a goal that's like an offside that happened 30, 40 seconds before the goal. But anyway, um, that goal got waved off a Connor Bedard goal, and then the Blackhawks did pretty much nothing the rest of the game, and the Bruins won three nothing. So I guess I'll ask you, Michael. I mean, kind of what we expected to happen, but yeah, it just wasn't much going on for the Blackhawks. Yeah, this was certainly one of those weeks that you know we kind of got used to having last year, and we will likely see. Uh, you know, at least a few times this year where the Blackhawks are, you know, obviously outmatched talent-wise. And while they may have high effort and stick with teams for a little bit, eventually they just kind of get ground down and the the better team pulls away in the end. And we kind of saw that with both games where it was um, relatively close on the scoreboard. Uh, through a couple of periods, but then in the third, uh, you know, they just pull away from the Hawks. And, you know, especially that Bruins game was kind of reminiscent of the Avalanche game where um, large stretches of the game were just completely controlled by the opposition. Um, it wasn't, it maybe wasn't quite as bad as the Avalanche game, but uh, cer- certainly uh, the Bruins basically getting twice as many shots as the Blackhawks um, certainly uh, uh, reminiscent of it, but um, yeah, if, you know, especially with Taylor Hall out and um, the Blackhawks lack of firepower in their top six is very, very, very apparent. Um, That's what I was going to say. We, we, we talked about this in the preview that there, it's going to be, it's gonna be hard to score goals for this team. Outside yeah, of- absolutely. Like you said, now Taylor Hall's out. You know, we thought he was out for multiple weeks when he first got the injury, and then he came back. But it's the same injury as shoulder, and now they're saying it's multiple weeks, and he he's on IR. So who knows when he'll be back? Right. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be a very tough road without him. Um, you know, the Blackhawks improved their bottom six this year they 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 added some guys like Corey perry um to that group that 
you know, can score some goals. And, you know, I think we've seen even in these last couple of games when the third and fourth line is out there, it's, it's not slanted as far um, in the opposition's favor. You know, when, when the Blackhawks get to match up their fourth line against somebody else's fourth line, you know, we, we can possess the puck a little bit, but when it's the Blackhawks top six against the opponent's best players, it's very difficult for the Blackhawks to generate anything because it's basically just Connor Bedard <laughs> um, is the only one that really drives much play. Um, we're seeing, we're still seeing some flashes out of Reichel, but nothing sustained. Yeah, it's not- and really, those are the only two top six caliber talents on the roster out, you know, outside of Hall. So, you know, especially with those two split up on opposite, you know, on two, two lines, it's, you know, they're, they're carrying bottom six wingers, you know, with them. And it's just, it's not enough to, to generate anything. Yeah. And I mean, no insult to, to Corey Perry, but if he's their leading scorer right now, that's not yeah. going to be good. Right. And, you know, and it wasn't so bad when it was the first, you know, couple of games where, you know, he was playing third, fourth line. You know, but now with Hall out, they've moved him up to the top line. Or no, they moved Foligno, Foligno up. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's very it's stretched very thin right now. And, you know, even with the return of Philip Kurashev, I know we've discussed this, that to me, he's just a guy. He's not, I, I know a lot of fans think of him as a potential top six guy, but uh, yeah. I just, I don't see it. I've never seen it. Um, with you on that, and yeah, he's he's never shown any kind of sustained no. run as a guy that can, you know, produce at the NHL level. So yeah, I, I don't. He's not a he's not a replacement for Hall. Yeah, like, um, so yeah, it's people, gonna be it's gonna be brutal. Yeah, but I think some people are hoping he'd be like a Dominic Cahoon or someone like that. Or you know, but he's just not even that. It's not yeah, that and I mean, I could maybe see him eventually turning into that. I mean, I think he's maybe got that kind of upside, but he's, you know, he's he's not an answer. He's just a guy. Um, you know, I you know, at best, he turns into a Taylor Radish type player, where you know he might put up some points eventually, but he's not a guy that's ever going to drive play or 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 be a main cog for you. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, they're they're making do with a lot of, uh, it, you know, it was basically Taylor Hall and every other winger that they have on the team is suited, is best suited for a third or fourth line in the NHL. And with Hall out, it's just, you know, it's, it's putting a lot of burden on Bedard and Reichel, and it's, it's showing. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's just going to be stretches like this, especially when you're playing two undefeated teams. Yeah, you know, two of the better teams in the league, the president, the the reigning Presidents Trophy winner, and the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's a talent imbalance. Mm-hmm. But you know, but at the same time, the goaltending continues to play pretty well. The young defensemen are are flashing um i think vlasic in particular has played really well yeah, yeah. um I, I do like that they have 
kind of shifted Wyatt Kaiser over to the left side full time. Um, you know, they, they, they played with Zaitsev a couple of times, but I think, you know, even in this last game, uh, they shifted Tenorti over to the right side. Um, and, you know, they, they were still interchanging quite a bit and playing, you know, pretty fluidly. But I think at this point in his career, it's probably best for Kaiser to stay on the left side as much as possible. So I kind of liked that move, and I, I hope they stick with that. Yeah, I was going to say, too, uh, for, um, piece of news is um, it sounds like I think I thought this was going to happen, but that Korchinski will probably go past the nine games and stay up for the whole season. I figured he right. would. Yeah, they seem they seem committed to that, and you know he he's he, he certainly shows the offensive um, flashes. I I, I I think they still want him to be a little bit more mm-hmm. assertive. He's still deferring a little bit too much, even when he does push the play. He he does tend to always want to pass instead yeah. of pulling the trigger a few times. But yeah, I you know there were I I can't remember which game it was. I think it was probably the Vegas game. He was brutal in his own end. I, I mean, he was just really bad. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be games like that. Um, and I really and think gonna, like if this was the year they thought they were going to contend for the playoffs or whatever, they would probably send them down to juniors. But I think yeah, they're not going to be in this year, so they might as well get him the experience now. Yeah, yeah. I I and I I can't really argue with that. Um I I would kind of like to see um Kaiser and Korchinski flip-flop on occasion. Um I don't think Korchinski is a very good fit with Seth Jones. No. Um I don't really like that pairing. I think eventually they're going to have to let Kaiser uh take on that role. Yeah, because you know uh, their their games are almost too similar to have. Not that I mean, obviously Jones is better defensively than, but they're both more you know puck movers. Yeah, and, they they want to push the play up the ice, and you know it is nice that they can both skate and cover for each other. But they they both have the same mentalities, um, and you know Jones has definitely played better over the last year, but he's still not a stellar guy in his own end. Um, I, I don't really trust him to, to, to cover for somebody else. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of needs somebody to, to, to cover for him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Korchinski is just definitely not that type of player. Uh, you know, like, I, like I had said the couple of games ago, he was just giving up the inside lane to any and everyone on the ice um, and just giving up, um, prime scoring chances left and right. And, you know, Jones just isn't the guy to cover for that. Um, and, I, you know, nobody really is on the Blackhawks roster. But, yeah, I just think it's one of those things where there's going to be some times where they need to limit his minutes a little bit and bump Kaiser up into a bigger role. But, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's still very early in the season. And, you know, hopefully you just see some some improvement from Korchinski, you know, it's going to come in fits and starts, but as, as he gains a little more experience, hopefully, you know, some of the mental mistakes start becoming a little more limited. 
Um, you know, he's still a guy that at 19 years old, he loses the physical matchups on occasion and that's, that's going to continue all season. That's not something that's going to change, but yeah, you just, you, you hope for some of the, the mental lapses, um, to, to minimize, but for right now it's, it's a little tough to watch. Yeah. So now I think we'll talk a little bit about, um, Reichel. We, we, we touched on it a bit, but you know, they, um, I listen, I don't listen to the announcers a lot of times, but I was this last game against the Bruins and Reichel mm-hmm. pretty good, but he's talking about that. Um, Reichel's pretty much proven everything he can in the AHL level. He could show mm-hmm. that. So basically, you have to keep him up here to see if he can do it in the NHL level. There's nothing more to learn from sending him back to. AHL and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's kind of similar to Korchinski where you know that this is the time to to kind of let let Reichel sink or swim a little bit at the NHL level. Uh, I, I do think at least in Reichel's case he, he's he's playing in the position that he's not gonna end up playing. I mean they're they're asking him to be their second line center. Said from the very beginning, I I think he's going to end up, you know, as a winger um, long term, and you know it's fine to to continue to to let him try out at center here, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of the the weaknesses in that where I I think Reichel's strengths are using his speed, attacking off of the wing, um, and asking him to to kind of take on the the added defensive responsibility that's yeah. is, is maybe limiting his offensive punch a little bit but at the same on. time yeah, you know they've got nobody skills. else to, to play there so yeah, yeah. But his defensive skills just they're not that's not his strong suit his defense and yeah the- i mean it, i i haven't noticed anything like egregious with him oh. you know just like not not trying or something like that but he's not making any defensive impact and Generally, when he's been out there, the Hawks are just getting caved, and they're spending a lot of time in their own end. And it's just, you know, unfortunately, you know, like I said, the Blackhawks don't really have any wingers to play with Bedard. It's even worse with Reichel. Uh, you know, he's not being given a lot of help, and right now he can't carry it on his own. Yeah. So it's just a tough situation. Yeah. You know, and and again, we have to keep pointing out the Blackhawks are playing a brutal schedule right now. They are playing good teams that play well-structured hockey. And these talent deficits are much more apparent right now than they will be once they start playing a lesser schedule. It's just very unfortunate that the lesser schedule just doesn't hit for a very long time here. They've literally not been beaten by anyone teams right right yeah so yeah the the goals are going to be very hard to come by against any team that is playing you know a well-structured game and is is actually has the energy you know to to go out there i mean there's going to be good teams that have bad games that you know they're playing four games and five nights and that kind of stuff but right now you know every team's pretty fresh and 
it's it's pretty brutal and it certainly doesn't help when you actually get a goal and then it gets taken away from you so yeah i, I i'm with you i'm not a big fan of that um my suggestion would be if the opposing team gains control of the puck then the offside should be waived mm-hmm. and we saw that in this game where um you know anthony Sia was offside i think it was anthony Sia. i think that's who it was um you know was offside by a, a little tiny bit and so you know it was the right call but you know, it was 30 seconds in the zone and the Blackhawks actually turned the puck over. Boston had full control of it. And then Boston turned it over, you know, right on the stick of Bedard. And I think that's what should be the, 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 the you know, the differentiator for, for when, um, you know, these offsides should be reviewable or not as, you know, if the other team gains control, it should just be waved off. So that's my suggestion. I don't know if they'll ever (laughs) implement that, but yeah, some of the things like in a football game, if like you um, scored a play on third down, then they went back and said uh, you didn't like execute the play right on first down. You were offside on first down or whatever. That's what it feels like because there's so much time in between. Yeah, the play happens and then because you know they score and they're like they're going to review and you almost have to stop and go. Wait a minute. When did they get into the zone? Yeah, I, I couldn't even remember the play. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that I feel like they should look at and take suggestions, take a look at the rule. But you know, we're stuck with it for now. So, um, like one of those, you know, know, at least it's one of those ones where it wasn't important. It, it was not an important game, and they actually did get the call right. So. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's one of yeah, it's just frustrating when you put in like review, like video review and stuff. There's always these unforeseen circumstances that you don't think about when they put it in, like the baseball thing when the guy comes off the base when he slides. Yeah. Over, it's like, I don't think that was the intention of the rule, but technically it is right, correct, but yeah, so yeah, I just you know, I, I hope that uh you know, a Stanley cup game isn't decided on something like that. And, you know, it's, it, it sort of goes back to the, uh, the, the old, uh, um, crease rule where like, you know, was Brett Hall's skate in the, in the, in the, in the blue paint when they scored the, when they scored the game winning goal. Yeah. It was almost like the league was like, yeah, we're not going to call that off. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know, I just, like I said, I just hope you, you avoid that situation and you know, maybe they'll look at it in the off season. Cause I don't know about you, but it feels like we've had a lot of reviewed goals yeah. already this year. Well, that so. um, the Toronto game was just ridiculous. The last two yeah. minutes, of there's like three reviews. It was like, come on. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just a, a small sample size, where you know we're just getting stuck with it early in the season here or the refs are being a little more the teams have better like better setups in their video review rooms or whatever that that could be it too that could be it too so but at the same time it's like come on linesman 
if these plays yeah. are offsides, why aren't you freaking calling it too? You know, just if they just blew it dead right away, nobody would complain. <laughs> you know, the goal wouldn't be scored, and nobody would have a complaint because oh, you know the play was offside. And you know the Athens U one, that one was, you know, you needed slow motion to even tell. So I, I can I can forgive the linesman on that, but there's been a couple of these where it's like, okay, you know, just you should have just blown the play dead, you know. So. Yeah. Oh well, but I guess, like you said, it didn't really, there wasn't really a factor in this because the Blackhawks didn't play very well. I mean, no, they, I mean, you know, maybe it, it, that would have given them a lead, and maybe or would it? Have, I can't remember, but you know, maybe the momentum shifts a little bit, but you know, the the better team was going to eventually come out on top. Yeah, because I mean, the Blackhawks did score immediately against um Vegas and then right beat, so. it was just you know trying trying to stop the oncoming tide and you, you know the Blackhawks are not capable of doing that so and the good news is their next game is against Vegas again so yeah they're what is it third straight game against an undefeated opponent so yay Blackhawks <laughs> and to, um, um, another very weird um, start time for a game too it's um five o'clock Chicago time, three o'clock in Vegas. So I don't that that is a very weird time. I guess I hadn't even noticed that yet. So Friday's still a long way away. Yeah, <laughs> and it's on NHL Network, so I won't be able to watch it anyway. So but it must just be I, I guess like for the national audience or something. I don't know. See, I I take exception to them labeling the NHL network as a national audience because who has NHL network? I, I don't know anybody who has NHL network. Nobody can watch these games. It might be um some kind of holiday in Nevada or something. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, I, I don't know why the three o'clock they've been doing a lot of weird start times. I mean the the ESPN start times are always a little messed up like you know I was in Pittsburgh for Bedard's debut and the game started at what was it like 8:30 local time or something like that it was ridiculous. The game got out so late that you know there was one bus back to the hotel that I could take and I had to kind of run out of the stadium to get it so yeah. That's that's ridiculous to start games that late. You know, I understand it for the playoffs a little bit although I still and have too many bad recollections of watching overtime games at 2 a.m. and getting kicked out of sports bars because the bars were closing because the games were starting or ending so late. Yeah. So. Like, like the ones, like the ones against Anaheim and some of those ones that were, uh, it wasn't even just the, the West coast games. They were making the Blackhawks start eight, eight 30, nine o'clock local start times during some of those playoff runs so yeah. that they could get, multiple games on tv and that's just it's it's not a good thing it's not a good thing but again it's money it's not going to change so yes it's in all sports like there are people complaining there's too many baseball teams in the playoffs and stuff and it's like they're not going to give it up they're getting more money yeah well once they've gotten that extra money they're not going to give it back so Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, Friday, Vegas, uh, that's going to be a very difficult matchup. And 
you know, this the, their following game against Arizona was looking as maybe the one lull in the schedule, early schedule, other than the Montreal game that we had earlier. But you know, the Coyotes have been playing pretty well this year. Yeah, they're they're, they they're a young, feisty team that's a couple of years ahead of the Hawks in their rebuild. So it's they're 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 playing they're playing pretty good. So that's that's not a you know a game like last year where you would kind of consider it a fairly even matchup. Um, the Coyotes, I think, have an outside shot at making the playoffs. So, and it's, it's you know it's 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 in Arizona, so you're playing in that small building, but they're still they they seem to generate a lot of energy in that small building. So that's not they, necessarily an easy place to play. Now I'm kind of trying to remember. Did they put Arizona in the Blackhawks division? Did they switch them? Yeah, Arizona's in the Blackhawks division. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Because they yeah. used to be specific, but they switched. So yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a tough tough matchup. Uh, you know, and again, the Blackhawks are going to be now back on the road. You know, they get they got their small two game homestand and. They're went zero and two against two undefeated teams, and now they're right back on the road. Yeah, and then it's crazy because it just it doesn't get any easier when they finish this road trip. So it's just I, I I can't believe how many difficult games the Blackhawks have. It's it's just an absolutely brutal schedule. There's got to be at some point later in the year there'll have to be a pretty soft. Um, portion you'd think somewhere yeah you know i I, i'm i'm looking forward to like back-to-back games against anaheim or something you know where's our west coast trip to to, to san jose and anaheim (laughs) you know when do those teams come to town yeah teams like that yeah Although again, Columbus, I think, is kind of in the Arizona boat. There, I think they're a little better than they they were last they had a lot year. Of last year. Yeah, and, you know they 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 spent a lot of money to kind of fix their defense a little bit. So, I'm trying. Yeah, to I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Columbus is going to end up. I'm not sure they're a playoff team, but they're not going to be a bottom five team like they I'm were. They're going to really bad um, East Coast teams this year. There really aren't. I mean, Montreal's probably yeah. the worst off the top of my head. Most of the bottom feeders are in the West. So. Yeah. I mean, Washington, I think, would probably oh, yeah. be the other. They could be bad. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not impressed with Washington's roster. I think they were they're kind of where the Blackhawks were a couple of years ago, where they're trying to get Ovechkin one more run, but it's just diminishing returns after diminishing returns and they they're a bad club that's paying a lot of money for a bad club and they'd probably be better off blowing it up but they probably won't until it's way so, too late like, i would think it would be like ovechkin has a really good chance to pass gretzky but if he's got so little around him now he might not be able to you know that's one of those things though where you know, they've still given him like Dylan Strom to play with, who can generate some offense. He's a good setup man. You know, he's just um, tried their whole mode now would be to get him goals now. Like they're almost not even not that they're not trying to win, but they might 
if they're not going to be in it, they might make more of an effort to get him more more chances. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think they will blow it up until he wins or un, un, until he not wins, but until he, uh, you know, sets that record. I think they will continue to try and give him at least something to work with. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, while they may still generate some stuff offensively, they're just not a good team. And I expect them to kind of finish at the bottom. So yeah, between them and Montreal, I think those are probably the two worst teams in the, in the East. And then in the West, uh, San Jose is Mm -hmm. probably the worst. They are dreadful. They've gutted their entire, like, yeah, it's, I I mean, they're tanking it and that's fine. (laughs) Um, Anaheim is also pretty bad, but I, I think San Jose's a step below everybody in the entire league. I, they are going full on tank and they're effectively doing it. It's it's not quite like the Blackhawks last year where it's like, ooh, maybe, maybe they're you know, they're really bad, but they're not maybe quite as bad as we thought. Exactly. Whereas I, I think San Jose is as bad as we think they're gonna be. So but yeah, you know, it's it's really just those West Coast teams. I, I mean, Edmonton's off to a dreadful start too, but I would expect them to you think like turn it around a little bit. They should be able to score at some yeah. point. Yeah, they can certainly outscore the Blackhawks. Yeah. And the other teams, you know, that I think are probably at the lower end, I think Seattle played a little above their head last year. I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit and they have been struggling so far. Um, St. Louis, I think is not a very good team, but there's just, yeah, the West again, uh, the, the teams at the top, I think are on par with the Eastern teams at, you know, Vegas, obviously Colorado, Mm -hmm. uh, Dallas is a good team. Um, But once you get past the third or fourth team, it's pretty I, the, the West, the West is a lot of middling <laughs> and then a few really bad teams. So. All right. Well, but you know, let's see if the Blackhawks can steal a win here or there. And, and eventually we'll get out of this tough schedule and maybe they'll start playing a little better with a little bit weaker opponents, but you know, either way we'll be here to talk about it. Yeah. They'll, they'll continue to be a lot of weeks like this where it's it's not necessarily a lot of fun to watch. That's right. And hopefully we'll get some Connor Bedard highlights every week and maybe the young defenseman will keep getting better and maybe even Michael will start playing better. So we'll see. Anyway, um, I am STH85 on Twitter. Michael? MJ underscore Ernst. Yeah, you can... Uh, Get the podcast on the Apple podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, and yeah, we'll be here all year and see the Blackhawks and get a win or two. <laughs>